Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful unto you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you that your word is a blessing unto us. May we live here fully edified in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say a big amen. amen. Right. I want us to read a scripture from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Then we'll go back to our key scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Shall we read together, everyone? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may what? Devour. Verse number 9. Whom what? Resist what? Steadfast in what? In the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Can I see NLT of this particular verse? The verse number 9. NLT. He said what? Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Praise the Lord. All right, take your seat. We are considering fight part two. Fight part two. The scripture we just read is a pointer to a reality in the spirit where first of all we know that the devil can act as something that is original, but is not original. So he roams and roars like a lion, but is not exactly a lion. However, the counterfeit operational nature of the devil does not rob him of power. Please understand. Understand that the devil has his nature as darkness, the father of all lies. But he can transform himself as an angel of light. Now, when he transforms himself as an angel of light, as in the scripture, we see that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but the, lion, the devil can also operate like he can have a similitude of the real lion and operate with the, the way the lion or the original operates. Now, he being a copy, if you like, or a counterfeit, or if you like, fake, does not rob him of his original power and authority um, on the face of the earth. Are we on the same page? Yeah, sometimes 
Christians, when we have a lot of faith and we are in autopilot, we tend to feel like because he is like a roaring lion, he doesn't have any power because he's not a real lion. Well, let me tell you that the main purpose of the real lion, which is Jesus, is not to destroy God's children. So whether Satan is the real lion or is a fake lion, his assignment is well defined and his purpose is well cut out. That he is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And no matter how he appears, this purpose will not be taken away from him. His power will also not be taken away from him. If you are here, say, I'm here. So that's the first point. And then we also understand that he's seeking whom he may devour. So here we see that the devil is a devourer. Sickness is a devourer. Indebtedness, many things have come to devour a lot of people. But of course, we know that verse number nine points to the main target for satanic aggression and invasion. And that the apostle said, this devil, who is our true adversary, he said, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So here, the pressure Satan mounts on believers is what the Bible is terming as affliction, for all believers, brothers and what? Sisters. Are you following now? Are you sure you are here? When Satan mounting pressure. Seeking whom he may devour. And when you know a lion is seeking for a prey, there is pursuit. There is pouncing. So at least you know that there will be some running. And then there will also be some, um, how do you call it? Um pouncing on its prey um, when the prey is unaware. <laughs> so the devil sometimes might make the prey aware that it's looking for meat and will pursue certain prey and he knows that they can't run a certain distance and they don't have a particular speed. I don't know if God is talking to somebody. So when you are not in a good condition, devil doesn't hide a lot of things from you. He knows that he can pile pressure on you and you will crack. He can pile pressure on you and you will break down. And when he pursues you to a certain level, he starts doing cut work because at that point, your energy is fully gone. And your lack of stamina will expose you and make you be endangered as far as the, dev the devil or the lion is concerned. Then there are others that he hides from them and pounces on them. So the Bible calls the activities of the devil, who is our true adversary, as the afflictions that all brothers and sisters in the faith will undergo. So here, one of the things we need to understand is that no matter the quantum of the tongues you pray, you will undergo some kind of affliction. 
which is a pressure being mounted upon you by the powers of hell, as long as you're a child of God. Are you here now? So what is the antidote? The Bible is pointing us to a better way of fighting, better than our natural way that we fight. It says that, whom resisted fast in the faith. Let's look at the NLT. The NLT says that, it says that, stand firm against him. <laughs> Somebody say stand. Very, very firm. Against the devil. And be strong in your faith. Praise the Lord. So here, the apostle is teaching us that to be able to deal with this kind of fight that comes to us, we should resist the devil steadfastly in our faith. Now, you see, when the Bible uses certain words, they are for very good reasons that um, such words are included. When it says that, whom resist steadfast in the faith, means that that posture of resistance of what the devil does must not be a one-time premium. It must not be something you do today and you go to sleep tomorrow. The word steadfast there tells you that in the NLT, it said that you should what? Stand strong against him. Please check this thing very carefully. Can we see the scripture? He wants you to stand firm, say firm, firm. against him any day, any time, and be strong in your faith. That is to say that one way to know you are not strong in your faith is when you lack consistency in dealing with things that come to you on a regular basis. So, because it takes a weak faith for such a thing to happen. A weak faith is not steadfast in resisting battles, fights. Some people can define their battle and still be stressed about the battle they face. Hey. They can define that this is the kind of competition or battle or something that I'm going into, like marriage. But they live in denial. They are not strong. They are not well prepared to face what could come. And so from time to time, they wish for something that is milder, weaker, softer, sweeter. But believers everywhere are undergoing the same affliction. And you are required to stand steadfastly in faith to resist. That is, somebody can be resisting in something that looks like faith and will be dangling at the same time. Hey! Will be waving at the same time. Will be oscillating at the same time. You'll be swinging back and forth. You see, the Bible talks about the double-minded person. It says that he's unstable in all his way. That person also thinks he has faith. But he's unstable. He has faith and doubt at the same time. And so, there are believers who are not steadfast. There are believers who are not steady. There are believers who cannot focus and fight the good fight of faith. And when you have faith but you are not steady, you are not steadfast, you are not strong in resisting 
the enemy that keeps coming to you continually, you will not fight well. And I see that one of the things that really breaks many believers is how one particular thing becomes the enduring battle in their lives. Can I say it again? I'll say it in another way. How come I have prayed about this matter, but it keeps coming? I have sold for this matter, but it keeps coming. They have done deliverance for me, but it keeps coming. Prophecy has come, but it keeps coming. Let me tell you. That's why that word steadfast is there. Because some things will not just live. Some things will live. Paul said that he had a thorn in his flesh. And the reason why that thorn did not overpower him was that he was steadfast in his faith. That's why he said that. It doesn't matter the thorn there, but nothing shall separate me. Are you following here at all? Nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. So here you see that there are some battles that will keep coming back to you. And sometimes when you are very high in the spirit, that's when they show up. Any. <laughs> they show up. And some believers, when that thing happens, they go gaga. Yeah. It is to defeat your faith and take the steadfastness, which gives you the right footing to resist that enemy. It takes it makes you take your foot off the pedal. And instead of accelerating, you begin to decelerate. You become, you become stuck in your, in your way and Satan dances around you. So you see that the battle is raging because devil has been able to negotiate with you by the continuous appearance of that particular thing. And you, you become overly stressed. Regarding your faith. To the point that some begin to doubt. Whether whatever they are applying in terms of solution of their faith really works. And I know I'm preaching. Sometimes the battle you will win doesn't start well. <laughs> but you grow into the battle. One of my favorite sportsmen is... Floyd Mayweather Jr. If I go to America, whether he's born again or born against, and I have the opportunity, I'll greet him and tell him that he's a wonderful guy. The guy has a lot of issues, morally, um, legally, and all of that. One of the things you cannot take from him is his boxing IQ. Not only that, every athlete, every competitor must also have a discipline that is unquestionable. So people don't like him. Americans don't like him. In fact, many people go and watch his fight and his fights have always been the biggest fight. That pull more crowd and TV right and all of that. When he fights, he makes more money than any athlete when he was active. Because many people wish him defeated. 
The only people who go in there who wish he wins are people who are better on him and his own team. But many people wish him not well. But he doesn't care because he knows that hardly will you find a fault with his preparation. Hardly. Even the opponent know that the guy, you cannot beat him when it comes to stamina. He always prepares with the extra mile in mind. That's number two. Have I said two things? Number three. Hey. Number three is that Floyd Mayweather, see, if you listen to some of the fight he has done before, and the quality of those opponents, Oscar De La Hoya, I caught it. You see, all these people he has fought, Ricky Hatton, Canelo, all those people, before the fight, they, they talk in a certain way. And then after the fight, not immediately after, okay, Manny Pacquiao and all those people, maybe three months, six months after, two years after the fight, when Floyd is going to fight another person and they interview them, they now come to explain what it feels to be with him in the ring against the abragadacious self before the fight. And I was listening to one guy, Andre Beto. He was saying that when you are fighting with Floyd, it's like every 30 seconds, he switches and changes the style of the fight. Canelo said, you can't see him to hit him. You, it's like you are chasing the wind. The, only, the blows go in only one direction and two people are fighting. That he has the ability to adjust. It doesn't matter. Sometimes three rounds, he's not doing well, but Floyd knows he will, he, he knows he will come back. And it is not... One guy was going to fight him, Rick Hyten. He says he's going to fight him. He says, you are a fighter, I'm a boxer. He said, boxing is an art. He says, no, we are not doing street fight here. You are coming, coming to blow me. You know, it's an art. He has perfected his skill. And he can make adjustment no matter how, whatever game you bring on board. And it is due to his extra preparation. To go into every battle with his own referee. And he has certain punches, he calls them flash. Yes, that is a punch that even a blind man will see that this was a punch. You see the crowd will go, hmm. He's known to be the greatest defense boxer in history. Greatest counter puncher. Nobody fights him and throws more, um, more punches than he does. And nobody has accuracy and precision than him. Ever. Not even Ali. He calls himself the TBE. You understand TBE? You don't understand? You are not in boxing. It's only in boxing. <laughs> the best ever is the TBE. That's how he calls himself. His ability to adjust. Most Christians are rigid in our mind and in our faith. We go into a battle with an enemy or situation that keeps changing and evolving, but we are one-dimensional. So every time it's like we don't see the victory. All we are seeing is the trouble. 
But we have faith. Somebody shout faith. faith. That gives us the wisdom and the ability to adjust to every situation and come up tops. And I'm praying that God will reveal this faith that the apostle was saying that resist him steadfastly in your faith. So the devil is resistible. Yes, there is no situation or problem that cannot be resisted. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it also? Insurmountable, conquerable. You think it's bad, but it can be dealt with. And so, how is it that some people know how to fight and some other people don't know how to fight? And we are all Christians. We are undergoing the same thing. Did you see the scripture? The NLT is so pungent. When it says that, watch it. It says that, remember. Oh, let's read together. One go. Remember that your Christian. Did he say your Muslim brothers? Hey. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters. Only in Accra. All over the world are going through different kinds of suffering. <laughs> Somebody said we are all going through the same thing. There might be diversity. Tell them, tell them. There might be diversity. But the intensity is the same. It might come in different ways. But the pressure and the fire and the intensity is the same. We are undergoing the same thing. Some win, some lose. The difference between the people who win and the ones who lose is not because you don't have faith. It's just because some of us don't fight well. And that is why we have to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. We have already learned from 1 Samuel chapter 17, the story of David. When he got to the battlefield, from verse number 22, 1 Samuel 17, 22, that some things happened there. I love this teaching. It's very powerful. So David got there. The Bible said, David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army. And came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, when they saw the man, fled from him, and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? 
And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killed him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride. He started insulting him. And the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Hey. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he turned from him toward another. So we learned that the first thing, first key in learning how to fight is that there must be a good cause for you to fight for. Secondly, we learned, this is for last week, we learned that we need the discernment or the spirituality to select our battles wisely. Are we on the same page? That's the second key. And we learned that, let me even say something about, because I love this point because in this point we learned that Every battleground is a killing ground. But not every opponent that appears to you requires or is worthy of your sword and your energy. Because in every battleground, there are distractions, which I call what? Energy wasters that can divert, distract, waste your energy before the real opponent appears. Yeah. Hey. Now, number three key in learning how to fight well is this all important key. I love it. That key is that you must keep an open ear and heart to understand the language of your opponent. If you will win the battle that is coming up against you, you must keep an open ear and heart to understand the language of your opponent, the language of the market. Look at verse 23. When David got to the field, the Bible said that Goliath had been coming out every morning to speak to defy the people of God. And David was in the midst of a crowd. You can imagine soldiers everywhere, everyone talking. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion and the Philistine of God, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And I love the last part. And David heard them. David heard them. So, in the midst of the crowd, David had the distinct voice, the distinct words of the giant that spoke. Many a times, we confuse the voice of what is fighting us with the voice of what is not fighting us. People are not people. And things are not things. Sometimes, you are in a battle, but you are misinterpreting the voice you are hearing. Something else is giving you a voice 
different from the voice of the real opponent speaking. Watch this. Men from the side of Israel were speaking to David. In fact, his brothers also came to say whatever they were saying, insulting him left, right, center. But in all of these things, he still had and was able to decipher the distinct voice of the giant that spoke giant whose head carried value. And we learned last week that don't fight a battle that doesn't have value on it. If it must, you must fight it, there must be a reward for it. Are you following now? So you see that people go into the market and they don't understand the language of that market. You go into marriage and you don't understand the language of marriage. You enter into a relationship and you don't understand the language. He had them of the, of the relationship. You go into a competition and you don't understand the language of the competition. You will lose. Speed. You have to understand the language. The language is what? Speed. Everything we are trying to overcome has a language. Hey. Love has a language. And I know many people can explain the language of love here. My love language. Hey. Some of them, they say their love language is what? Affirmation. Mm-hmm. Some people, they love flowers. Ghanaian woman that loves flowers. What a joy. A ham pony. Why a horticulturist? Language. People go into politics and they don't understand the language of politics. And whenever you don't understand the language, you become ineffective in the field. That is why in Babylon, they say, choose these guys will change their neighbor, will also teach them the language of Babylonia. And it is the ones who were able to master the language of Babylon that rose to the top. So you go into banking and you don't understand the language. You are doing business, you don't, it will defeat you. Money has a language. Are you here now? Money has a language. You see that even you, when you get money, your language changes. The way you talk, the way you think, it changes. Oh, I don't want to say some things here because the way the, the evening has become, no. if I focus on saying some particular things, your body has a language. Sometimes you will hear some things in your body and it tells you that, take some rest. Slow down. You say, I don't care. Me, I'm, I'm young. I'm wild. I'm, you see, some people, they will be sitting down. Uh, by the time you know they are gone. They sat and died in a chair. Because the language of your spirit is sometimes interpreted from the language of your body. Yeah, that is why even though the spirit sometimes can be willing... But the body is weak and therefore a willing spirit cannot do much with a broken body. Because you need the two to be working. To, I don't know if I'm saying something here. Sure, you don't understand anything. Parenting has a language. 
And you'll be defeated if you don't understand the language of parenting. So, David heard the language of the opponent. When he heard it, he said, ha, the way this guy is talking is not correct. <laughs> if you don't understand the language of your field, eh, anything will go and anything will defeat you and bypass you. Have you been to a place or among some people who speak a particular language you don't understand and they are talking, they are comfortably talking and you are lost? They can kill you anytime. They can smile with you and insult you. Have you watched the skit on social media where some Ghanaian hairdresser was insulting some white woman? And they thought, it's not knowing the white woman married a Ghanaian man long time ago, I understand this tree. As they were doing, they were insulting her. Oh, the thing will reach the apogee. And then he said, <laughs> And then he said, Wow. You want to marry a man, you will know whether they will be good or bad based on the language they project. And you see, sometimes people speak without verbalizing things. People will say a thousand things without saying a word. And you should be able to read and understand the body language, nonverbal communication going on around. I'm, I'm saying some things here. Because I don't understand this and I don't understand this. Whatever you don't understand has the capacity of defeating you. So you have to find a way to understand the language in the hairdressing industry, the language in the mechanic industry, the language in marriage. Hey, as you are going to marriage, the language you understand pair is twins, boys, girls. How about the language of waiting for years before the children come? I'm preaching now. Am I preaching or I'm dancing here? What am I doing? No, I want to ask you, what do you think I'm doing? You need to understand the language. Language is important for you to be able to win your battles. So, when we are going into a competition like these young men are going to go, the language is that, the language is win. What's the language? There's, there's nothing like draw. Since this thing started, there has not been any draw at the finals. No final can be draw. That's why penalties are there. Golden rule came. They have canceled it. Extra time came. That is to stretch you out until one person wins. Hey! And as you are going for this competition, the quiz masters, they have set numerous questions in case there is a par. That they, oh, there's another set of questions. And you see that as you are going up, the rules become stringent. One trial. If at 30 seconds can become 15 seconds for a question, it will become, you know, five seconds. Yeah. The higher you go, the sharper your ears and your heart must be open to understanding the language in the field that you want to operate in. There are pastors who don't understand the language of church now. They used to understand the language 10 years ago. But now, have you seen that even your children in the house, they, their addiction is different from yours now? 
the English they are speaking. Some of us still we are not able to construct the way they do. And you'll be wondering whether a, a white woman or a dictionary is inside them, speaking like a parrot out of them. You wonder. But that's the language. So if you don't understand the language, they will use a particular safe, <laughs> harmless language of construction. And your typical traditional mind will tell you, it's a cartoon. Am I preaching? So you don't understand. If you are in the market, you are there to win. So, <laughs> I, I can't wait when we come to the destruction of business and family. Very important. So, you are here, you are a pastor, you don't understand that people will accuse you. That's the language of ministry. It's normal. You have to understand. Understanding the language, you must understand whatever could come against you in that field. Once you land there, Missiles will be flying. So, you have to learn how to fight and understand the language in your field. Once you are working and you hit 50, understand that if your age is not a football age, in 10 years' time maximum, you'll be going home. You have to understand the language of pension. Is that also? Many people suffer in their old age because they have no understanding of pension. That's why your old age suffers. And it is not a witch in the village. Satan will make you chop everything now so that your old age will suffer. Because you don't understand the language of old age. That there is something called empty nest. That your children will not be around to be carrying water for you. So even if you have an assistant to assist you, you must be willing to pay. And it does not mean your children are wicked. Who has the time? Your children are married. You want to go and stay with them or they should come and stay with you. How? But there are carers. Yeah. And you should be able to pay to be taken care of. Medically. You should be able to pay for a nice medical just a wuti ufie no mo amu ba. Amu chuchunsa. Amu from amu physiotherapist. Amu chuchunsa. Amu da hunsa. Amu da kama. Mr. Tami, you are saying ninkase emu ni huna me yane. You didn't understand the language. Hey. I'm preaching now. Am I preaching? All right. Number four. Fourth key. And that's the second key for today. Can we push it? Do not face battles with fear and panic. Hey. In verse number 24, the Bible makes us understand that. And any time Goliath spoke, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. <laughs> One of the ways... To lose your fight is to face your battles with fear and panic. Whenever you have fear and panic, 
before an opponent, they can sense that you are in for the taking. You are what? You are what? You are in for the taking. That's it. Fear and panic makes you start from behind. And you see that there are some people, they know the thing, but fear will make their mind become slow. Will make their performance become slow. True or false? These people, nobody, because of fear and panic, nobody even tried to face Goliath, to even talk back. And they were fully armed. David came, very little ammunition, five stones and a catapult. And because he had boldness, he had faith, he had, he had a strong heart, he was able to face the giant and kill the giant. Many believers, we face whatever we face from the place of fear and panic. And you see, this fear and panic came from, one, what they heard and what they saw. 24 said, and they, when they saw him, they were so afraid. But before they saw him, they would hear. There are things you hear that would take your faith, would take your confidence, your boldness away. There are things the devil will make you see. When you see the height of Goliath, wow, you see his shield, you see his sword. When you see his fingers, his face. You already will start questioning your ability. Some people have stayed fright. The stage that you are going on. Somebody was standing on the stage and said, that, let us welcome Madam So-So. Human being is there. Welcoming you to where human being is. How did you start becoming afraid? Is there an angel there? Is there a spirit there? Chai. Look at somebody and say, what is wrong? Why are you always afraid and panicking? You'll be going into something. You see, whenever, listen to this thing. I'm feeling it already. Whenever you have fear, you hand over the possession, the victory. Into the hands of the enemy on a silver platter. On a platter of silver. The enemy doesn't have to work. You fear will make you hand over your inheritance to an enemy who has not even started fighting. He's saying, Bring me your champion, and they are already, they have already surrendered. So you see, some people, one lady was telling me, this marriage that he's going to marry is very, very afraid. I was wondering, eh? after counseling, you are still afraid. So I asked her, marriage, is it between human beings or angels and human beings or spirit and spirit? He said, what do you mean? I said, human beings, my people who marry, are they not human beings? Why are you afraid? Some people, they must press the panic button all the time. Are you here or you have traveled? Some press it consciously. So, when they are not panicking, they begin to feel there's something wrong. That they must panic to feel themselves. It's like, even their whole palm will be sweating. Not only their face. Even their palm will be sweating. I know things. Fear. 
Fear. Somebody gave an acronym of fear. It says false evidence appearing real. That when you are afraid, whatever you are afraid of, sometimes it's even afraid of you. And it is boldness that will make you to be able to respond, react, speak back to whatever is speaking to you. It's trying to communicate failure into your life. It's trying to bully you. You need to speak back. The Bible said the Lord has not given us the spirit of what? Fear. Again to fear. Anything God has told you, the Father has sent you into a place. David was sent into the battlefield by his father. If God has sent you and you are in the will of God, there is no need to be afraid. Because you have more people, you have more protection around you than whatever is coming after you. Is God talking to somebody here? No need to be afraid. No need to panic. Some people, you see some women, they can panic and be menstruating when it's not their time. I'm telling you real stuff. Oh, that is not their time to menstruate. They'll just panic and start menstruating there and there. Who is laughing that kind of laughter? <laughs> God have mercy. Somebody say away. away. Say fear and panic out. <gasps> Don't allow people who cause fear and panic around you. It will take power away from you. What they heard and what they saw. And I'm praying that the spirit of boldness, faith will rise in you as you make your battle in the mighty name of Jesus. So you need to have boldness. Hey. Nice. Nice. That if you can do it, you can do it. If you can't do it, you can't do it. But fear, power, and boldness there. Sure. Throw it away. Tell somebody, out, out. Tell yourself, no more fear. No more panic. Whenever you are walking in fear and panic, it reduces you from whoever God has made you. It just reduces. Even you see that beautiful person, when he begins to embrace fear and panic, their beauty starts fading. Is that not so? Yeah, you are not attractive again. And you, when you, are, you begin to panic, and when you panic, you become so prone to mistakes. So prone to mistakes. Is somebody here now? Some people are afraid to be, a, to be called a husband. It's the reason why they are not married. Afraid to be called a wife and a mother is the reason why they are not married. Do you need to kick out fear from your life? You will win a lot of your battles if fear is out of your life. Fear limits your ability to take concrete, durable decisions that will help your life to be progressive. When you are afraid, for 40 days, the army was standing there. They couldn't cross the line to face Goliath because of fear. Fear will make you stagnate. Fear will keep you in one place. 
Fear will stop your ability to make quality choices. Fear will just put some hold on all your abilities and capabilities. Fear will limit your potential from shining. Fear will just stop you in your tracks because of fear. Yes. Some people, because of fear and panic, assuming they are 100 meters athlete, fear and panic, so on your mass, God said, you know, there's a way all athletes count. Because of fear and panic, he will count, either count slower or faster, and we either have four start, or everybody will be gone before they hear the gun. Why? Because of panic. So why are you training? You have clogged yourself severally by fear, panic. Hey! And before, when you did four start, they gave you, I think, two chances. This time around, <laughs> hey, as you do first start, nah, you don't even come back. It's, the way is your front. Continue go, going to the, the dressing room. All your six-man training will be wasted because of fear and what? Panic. When you are afraid, you don't relate well. You don't handle things well. It's my prayer that God will help us raise a people who are fearless, who are bold, who don't panic before situations, before competition, before opposition, before human beings, before whatever, but they have boldness in their God to deliver. The, are you here at all? David said, the God that delivered me from the lion and from the paw of the bear, the same God is here to deliver me. I'm not afraid of this giant that you people are afraid of. You don't be afraid because you have a great God standing by your side. You are pregnant, you are going to deliver and you are afraid. Did you get pregnant to die? I'm afraid. Oh, I'm afraid. Oh, afraid of what? And some of you, when you have a particular condition, you now use Google as your consultant. Hey! Some of you know even more than the doctors. You Google all the things that can happen to somebody for having the symptoms, this particular thing. You Google this, how people died, how many people have died, how many people are about to die, how many people die per minute, per day. Even the COVID, some of you, you have more information than the public health experts. Information is not bad, but it becomes bad when you make it very negative. So everything, you see that, hey, the small thing, no? my smell is gone. I can't feel myself. I can't smell. Inability to smell. Da, da, da. Hey, Google. Tell somebody, feast on the right things. And be bold in your God. Say, I'm a winner. Tonight, I want you to prophesy to yourself. Say, I'm a winner. Say, the winner is in me. I can hear you. Say, the winner is in me. Let's read this scripture. First John chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. It's powerful. Shall we read it together? One, go. Ye are of God. How many of you are of God? Say, I am of God. 
Shall we read it together? Everybody actively, let's read. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Is it powerful? They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. But you and I, we are what? Of God. And, and we have overcome. People who are of God, they are what? Did he say we are about to overcome? We are what? Because that is in us. Then he, Abba. When a tico is going to face an articulator, and the articulator is afraid of the tico, is it not madness? Greater is he that is in us. When we're a child of God, you are not normal. You are not normal. The greater one lives in you and puts you over. You have overcome. They say you will not marry. It's a lie. You will marry and have children. They say you will not succeed. It's a lie. The greater one dwells in me. And it's the reason why he puts me over. The day I will go under is the day the greater one will leave me. But he lives in me. How can I go under? Hey. Do I have some victorious people here? Are you an overcomer here? Paul said we are more than conquerors. So in the face of adversity, the demons, death no height. We are more than conquerors. We have already conquered and we are going to continue this. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Vawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 177 831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.